Colleagues, welcome back to the office. We're going to get started with our presentation here just in a moment, but before we do, I have a couple of brief announcements to share with you. First, if you're watching our course live, please note that we'll confirm your engagement through polling questions uh, that you can respond to. Polling questions will occur about every 12 to 20 minutes, and please keep an eye out for them because they might not be announced. If you're watching after the fact it's a self-study course, you will confirm your participation and engagement with our course today through a brief quiz that you'll complete on cpetoday.com after watching or listening to our presentation today. Your completion certificate will be sent to you by email. As long as you respond to 75% of the polling questions, if you're watching live, you will receive full credit for today's course. If you're watching after the fact as a self-study course, please note your certificate will be available to you immediately after passing the course quiz. We'd love to know what you think of our content and of our presentation today. If you wouldn't mind completing our course evaluation to provide your thoughts and feedback, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, your feedback is used to help produce better and more insightful courses for you to consume in the future. If you have any questions, we'd love to hear from you. If you're watching live, feel free to use the chat dialog box to ask your questions to the presenter. And if you're watching after the fact, you can send us an email at support at cpetoday.com and we'll follow up with you as quickly as we possibly can. As a reminder, the CPE Today podcast is available as a joint effort between CPE Today and K2. Twice a week, we're bringing you the latest and greatest in technology, accounting, business knowledge, and more. You can watch for free on cpetoday.com, YouTube, or Facebook. If you can't make the live presentation, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and listen to the show on your own time. All of our podcasts are eligible for CPE credit. After watching or listening, you just head over to cpetoday.com. You complete a short five-question quiz, and you'll earn a credit for watching or listening. Now, if you've never tried one of our classes before, how about you try one on us risk-free? You can use coupon code ONEFREEPODCAST at checkout to make any podcast course of your choosing 100% free. We're going to get started here with our presentation. And again, thank you so much for being here. We hope you enjoy the show. Colleagues, welcome back to the office and welcome to our presentation for today. This is K2's Everything Google, their most effective tools, apps, and services. My name is Steve Yass. I'll be your instructor and presenter for today as we examine some of the most commonly used features, functions, products, and services of one of the largest technology companies in the world, Google. Now, in this class, we are going to be looking at some of the business functionalities, some of the search capabilities, some of the major features and functions. Uh, and frankly, when I was putting together this course, it was so difficult to try to determine what to include. Uh, there was no shortage of material to actually write uh, because Google is a collection of like 200, 300 different uh, individual companies. And even within that, there are thousands of features and functions to consider talking about. Uh, but I tried to pick some of the major things that I think are of most business use and effectiveness and stuff that I think that you could probably uh, be get a lot of benefit from learning on how to use more effectively. Now, we're going to go ahead and start our discussion today with a discussion and review on Google's flagship search engine. I mean, ultimately, at the end of the day, everything that Google does starts and stops with search. Um, ultimately, they're in the business of selling advertising, and a lot of that comes through the fact that they do the search engine and returning back relevant results to people that advertisers will pay to get position. You know, And so we're going to talk about some of the major things that you can do within Google search to search more effectively. And I'll talk more about that when we get to that particular section um, in terms of how you can actually search more effectively as well. And it comes down to using parameters inside of your search. It comes down to utilizing some of the specific search options, including things like Google Flights, uh, Google Image Search, and more, uh, and how you can actually leverage these tools to find the result that you're looking for. In today's world, I really view there's no need to kind of know how to everything in your head, but if you know how to find the data, if you know how to search for the data, it can be incredibly effective uh, in your day-to-day -day life because you know you don't have to go and find everything or you don't have to remember everything. You just need to know how to go out and find it. I might not know the answer to your question, but I know how to research and be able to find that solution. Then we're going to take a look at some of the Google Home products. There's so many different products that we can consider using. And Google has bought so many different consumer electronics companies, including Nest. Most recently, they bought Fitbit and others. 
So we'll talk about some of their consumer and home-facing products and why you might want to consider using them. Then we're going to take a spotlight on Google Workspaces. Uh, Google Workspace, which is their business product offering, uh, it is a comparable product and a competitor product to Office 365. Uh, we're going to dive in on what this platform is, including its major features and functions like Gmail, Google Calendar. I'll point out some additional tools within Google Calendar that uh, and, and Gmail that you might want to consider using. We'll talk through Docs. We'll talk through Sheets. We'll talk through Google Drive and how you could potentially use it as a backup solution for your company uh, and for your personal and uh, how you can get started with utilizing Google Workspace for your organization and uh, some of the other features and functions along the way that make it a great business platform. In our next section, we're going to go ahead and talk through some of Google's security and privacy tools. And I'm going to give you some recommendations on how you can promote privacy and security within your Google account, including things such as multi-factor authentication and strong passwords. I'll show you where some of those features and settings are. Uh, and some different ones that I recommend that you can use to help increase your privacy in this application. Uh, we're also going to look through many of their other products, both consumer as well as business. I mean, Google's got stuff from Home Assistant to Google Maps to the uh, Chrome Internet Browser to, uh, you know, it's Chromebook OS. Um, you know, Google obviously makes Android and all the different Android features and functions. We'll talk through as well as some of the major business uh, reporting tools and website management tools that you can consider using, including things such as AdSense, AdWords for advertising, Google Analytics for managing your web traffic, uh, and more. We'll also take a look at some of their famous Google app, mobile apps, including things such as uh, Google Photos, and uh, we'll also point out some of the other products and services you might want to consider using. And frankly, folks, there's just so many different products and features of Google. Again, it was really kind of hard narrowing it down to exactly what I wanted to talk about today. But hopefully I've figured out some of the specifics that we will uh, discuss. And throughout our presentation today, we're also going to have some review questions that uh, hopefully will provide some thought-provoking uh, insight with respect to why you might want to choose um, certain products and why certain features and functions should be used. Alrighty. Now, just a quick word on who I am and why I'm the guy with here get with you today. Again, my name is Steve Yoss. I am a CPA out of Southern California, specifically in the mountains of Los Angeles and Big Bear Lake. I've been a K2 instructor now for several years and writing and teaching on all aspects of technology, including um, Excel and, and Power BI and security and, and you know accounting tools and everything else in between. Uh, I love being able to help people. I love being able to research and talk about technology. It's one of my absolute favorite things. And outside of my work with uh, K2 as an instructor, I spend the other half of my life being a software developer with my business, Devmatics. Uh, we build all sorts of web applications, software services, and more. Uh, and if there's something I could do to help you or at least point you in the right direction, I'm more than happy to do so. Now, something new in the K2 universe I just want to make you aware of, we have a podcast. K2 has a new podcast, uh, relatively new. It came out in 2021 um, called CPE Today. Uh, you can learn more by going to k2e.com forward slash podcast. Uh, if you enjoy this type of accounting technology topic, please check it out every week, twice a week, Tuesdays and Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific. We're bringing you the latest and greatest as it relates to technology and accounting that you, we think that you need to know to be successful in your career. Often in our podcast, we go in depth on current events as it relates to the profession and technology. We do training, including in-depth Excel, Power BI, and other accounting tools. We do interviews with common uh, use software providers, including uh, companies such as Accounting Suite, Xero, uh, and others, and talking about how their products and services can be used within your business and more. You can listen for free, again, twice a week, Tuesdays and Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific on K2. You can also find it on YouTube and Facebook. And if you can't catch our live show, please consider subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and others. You can get it 100% for free right to your mobile device. Well, folks, without further ado, let's go ahead and dive into it and get started with our presentation for today. So we're going to go start our day, as I mentioned, with respect to discussing our search appliance within Google and learning how to search effectively. 
you know, Google kind of made its its uh, mark in the world with respect to kind of uh, creating a widely used index of websites where one did not reasonably exist before. Um, you know, there were search engines prior to Google. Lycos comes to mind, even Ask Jeeves and others, Alta Vista, just to name a few. And I will point out that all of these products, for the most part, were curated internally, where you had a list of people who would rank and kind of create directories of what uh, websites people should be going to. Google was different in the sense that it was a programmatic approach. And it was Larry Page and Sergey Brin, the two founders of Google, who originally came up with an algorithm called PageRank. It's no surprise there, uh, considering Larry Page is the one who created it. He named it after himself which became Google's flagship search algorithm for being able to rank and index uh, things across the internet. And PageRank still exists today. It is the search algorithm that Google uses to be able to promote relevancy. Ultimately, what Google's trying to do when it's uh, showing you a search result is that they want to provide the most relevant answer and the most precise answer that they possibly can uh, to your questions. And that's what they built their reputation on. And even to this day, uh, they still dominate the search market. I'll point out that uh, Google, across all platforms, both mobile and desktop, across the entire world, has almost a 92.5% market share of search. Other major common search engines like Bing, for example, uh, you know that between Bing and Google, that's probably 98% of the market there to begin with. And the only reason Bing is so high is that it's the default search engine for uh, Microsoft Edge, which comes pre-installed on most Windows machines. But for the most part, Google is that lion's share of the search. Now, they're handling almost 5.6 billion searches per day, approximately 2 trillion searches around the world. So the amount of information that they're dealing with and managing on a day-to-day basis is absolutely staggering. Um, and, I mean, it, it's, it, it's a monumental feat just in and of itself to be able to manage and curate that data. Uh, they index millions, if not billions, of different websites. We're talking terabytes, if not larger, maybe even petabytes of data and information. And Google not only indexes everything, they actually take a copy of it. They cache versions of the site um, so that you can, even if that website goes offline, you can be able to find that result. Now, in addition to websites, Google also indexes lots of commonly used files. And I'm going to show you how to search for these files here in a little bit, including things such as PDFs, Word files, Excel present, Excel spreadsheets, and more. And you can search for specific things within Google if you just know how to be able to do it. Now, I personally think that knowing how to search for something on Google is absolutely one of the best um, skills that you could possibly have. The reason being is, is that you don't have to know the answer to everything. If you know how to research and you know how to find the answer to something, the world is at your fingertips. I don't have to remember every possible accounting treatment or every possible rule and regulation as it relates to some sort of minutia in a specific state or jurisdiction. If I just know what to look for, I can find that answer and Google could be my memory. In fact, believe it or not, I actually don't um, bookmark things. Uh, the reason being is that they often move. Um, nine times out of 10, if I want to go some, something, I'll, I'll go search for it and I'll just remember how to be able to make that search. But I found just using Google to be able to find things is a skill that I use hundreds of times per week, if not uh, dozens or more times per day. And it, that fact I could do that research really makes it um, effective for me to be able to find whatever I'm looking for. Now, within Google, you need to know there are different types of search results that pop up. Uh, for example, we have what are called paid results, and then we have organic results. And Google, ultimately, at the end of the day, is a marketing company and then an advertising company. They make their money, they earn their revenue by selling advertising within their search results as well as within their products, uh, such as YouTube or Android, Google Play. Uh, you know, those are all uh, can contain advertisements. And so ultimately, Google is in the business of being able to display the most relevant ad to people based off of what they're looking for. And as such, you need to know that when you're searching for something on Google, you have both we have paid results and then we also have organic results. And I'll show you that here in a little bit. And with respect to the uh, with respect to the uh, results here, I will tell you generally the better result is going to be that organic result. Uh, it's going to appear below your paid results. So you'll have your paid results up first and then you'll see your organic. And think of the organic one as being the most relevant and the paid being the one that somebody's paying to get to the top of the list. Okay. And so just knowing that, just make sure, you know, if you if you want the paid ad result, go ahead and click on it. But nine times out of 10, you're going to want to scroll down a little bit to see what that organic result might be. 
Okay. Now, the way you want to ask Google a question is going to be important. Uh, if you ask the right question, you're going to get the right result. If you ask a, a question that has uh, kind of got a ambiguity, it's got a lot of articles, unnecessary adjectives, adverbs, uh, you know, your results aren't going to be as relevant if you know what to search for. You know, kind of like if you write a letter to the IRS, there's a cadence in terms of how you want to write that letter. How you want to state it is a specific way, what you're asking for. It makes it efficient for the IRS to be able to process that letter if you try to do, like, let's say, a resolution. Google's the same thing. You want to ask Google the question in as few words as you possibly can and as precisely as you can. And you want to avoid uh, unnecessary words, you know, that, that really aren't going to be relevant to find the result that you're looking for. And beyond that, you also want to know how to utilize what are called search operators to find the data that you're ultimately trying to find, okay? Search operators allow you to narrow down your results to a particular website, a particular date, a result type. You can use this to find specific files, to find a specific news article, a person, or really kind of anything else that you might be looking for. And you can also combine these different search operators to get more specific results and more relevant results. You know, let's just say, for example, you're in a manufacturing organization and, you know, it's about November. You're starting to pull together your budget for the coming fiscal year. And, you know, you don't have a, a budget that you've done prior. You know, you're looking to get started with budgeting inside your business. And maybe, for example, you want to go and see if there are examples on the Internet of other companies that maybe have published a budget that you could maybe emulate for the purposes of your business. Often when I'm doing work in Google, I am often trying to find um, examples of what other people have worked on. And then I won't necessarily copy the work, but let's just say I'll use it for inspiration purposes and I'll try to uh, uh, maybe at least get some ideas on, on different things that I could potentially do. So in this particular instance, uh, I might do a search for budgets and I'll write something that might look like this, okay? I'll type in the word budget, which is actually the keyword that I'm looking for. And then I'll use some operators here. So I want you to look for the word budget, but I also want you to look for the word manufacturing, okay, where those two appear together. And that's where the plus means. And let's say I want to specifically find an Excel example here. Well, I can put in the file type equals XLSX, and this is specifically going to return back budgets where Excel files include the term manufacturing, okay? And this is an example of a really precise query in terms of what you're looking for. And we're going to run some of these here in a moment. Uh, to find the results that are going to be most helpful and relevant to you. In fact, these little search operators, there's a whole listing of them. I've got a, a Google cheat sheet that you can download right here if you'd like to have a listing of these different operators as you go. But I've got a couple of examples here, and we're going to jump back and forth through a couple of examples uh, so you can kind of see how these terms are used. So, on the left here, we've got our operators, and then these are the terms that you would include inside of the search query. I have what they represent, and then also the example, okay? So let's say, for example, you wanted to search for something, and there's often a lot of terms maybe not related to what you're looking for around that. Uh, you know, so for example, uh, let's say we were to go look for, um, you know, we're looking for taxpayer information, and we're looking for information maybe on 2106 guidance. And let's just say we get a ton of articles coming up from H&R Block that are not relevant to what we're looking for. Maybe there's some other type of entity also using maybe the term 2106 for employee reimbursed expenses, non-reimbursed expenses. And I just want to remove those results. Well, what you can do is you can put a minus here and that minus will result, uh, remove any terms that are not relevant to what you're looking for. So let's say you were looking for tablets. You want to buy a tablet for Christmas for your kid, but you know, they're not looking for, they're looking for school, not necessarily drawing. Well, you could type this in minus drawing and it'll drop out any results that also mention the word drawing. Now we can also do or, okay, if we put a pipe character between these things. Uh, so for example, let's say we were looking for, you know, the best computer or tablet. Well, we can write the word best and then put the word computer, a pipe character and tablet, and it'll look for where it's either the best computer or the best tablet. Okay, we can look for things specifically on social media by using the at sign specifically on Twitter. Okay, we can look for also things in Twitter that also have a specific hashtag by using the hashtag or the pound symbol. 
Now, one that I use quite often is this double quotes. Let's say I've got a specific thing I am looking for, like an error message that pops up on my computer. And with that error message, I wanted to search for those exact terms. Well, if I put those terms in double quotes, it will search for those things within that exact order, only returning things that meet that exact spelling, that exact grammar, that exact syntax in order of words that I've listed. Okay, we could use an asterisk. This will return search results uh, where <clears throat> we have a wildcard in place. So if I'm looking for the best of food, the best electronics, the best sunset locations, I can do best asterisk and then it will fill in uh, allowing that wildcard to appear. And so it essentially searches around this asterisk with the terms that I've specified. Okay. And we can also group things together too by using uh, parentheses, very similar to how we can do order of operations inside of Excel and more. There's actually a lot of operations that we can do inside of inside of uh, Google. And uh, the more that we can learn to be able to process and be able to uh, utilize our Google search, the more effective we're going to be in our ability to be able to answer questions for other people. So let's go ahead and switch over and maybe do a couple of these searches here to kind of give you a sense of some of the major ways that we can search for things inside of Google. And I'll give you a couple of examples here of different uh, search parameters and how I use them on a regular basis. Okay, so we're here in Google, and let's just say I wanted to do that, uh, that search for that budgeting worksheet. So we'll come on over here and we're gonna type in budget, and you'll see it starts to auto-complete with respect to the um, terms that are available to us. And it's trying to guess constantly, so I guess BU equates more to food with either Buffalo Wild Wings or, or Burger King here. So we're gonna go ahead and say budget, right? And so this is where most people will kind of uh, pop up. And notice like budget actually includes car rental, right? Budget car rental here. Here's an example of where we might use that minus. So we could, for example, do minus car. Okay, and in doing so, okay, and we scroll down, these are the Google map results more here on a little bit. If we scroll down here, notice that we actually removed from the organic results uh, anything related to anything with a car. And so it actually goes to, in this case, the top result would be President Biden's uh, uh, budget website, okay? So we could go ahead and remove that, okay? We could go ahead and to a plus sign and we can say manufacturing. Hopefully I spell that correctly. There we go. Okay, and so now we've removed any results that uh, include the word car, but also include the word manufacturing. And you can start to see here as we search, the bold words pop up. And the most relevant result in this case is this from blue cart. And you know, this might give us some insight with respect to an article we might want to consider. And if we wanted to, if we wanted to search down for that specific file type, we could type in file type like this, and we can do dot, or we can just type in XLSX like this. There we go, dot XLXX, the extension is this. So here is the actual result here. Okay, and we can see that we're getting the exact result. And if we look here, uh, these are all Excel files in terms of what they've been presented. There might be a couple PDFs or other things that are kind of worked in here, but for the most part, we're gonna see stuff related to that search that we put in. Uh, and I have no idea if this is something good. This looks like it's coming from the, the Wisconsin uh, government here, but here in fact is an Excel file. Now I'm gonna preface this by saying, uh, be careful downloading random files from the internet. So you might wanna scan these through a website um, or scan them through your antivirus. Uh, before actually loading them up because you certainly don't want to infect your machine with malware. Here's a quick tip, by the way, if you ever don't know if a file is safe. Like over here, I can see that this is coming from the um, somewhere in the Wisconsin government. If I right-click on this file, I can select this option that says Copy Link As. And from this Copy Link As, there's another website you can check out. It's called VirusTotal.com. And this is just a really useful website that you could scan a specific website, uh, a specific file, and when you pop this in here, it will scan that and it will tell you if there's potential malicious code or malicious anything on the other side of it. So you got to be careful in today's data breach and malware world that you're not downloading things that potentially could cause issues for your machine. And this is just a really good and useful resource that you can consider checking before you actually uh, click on that particular link. Okay. So other things that you could potentially do here, if you wanted to search for specific terms uh, and you wanted to search for specific um, things, a best way of being able to handle that is using double quotes. Uh, so let's just say I wanted to search, for example, for uh, cryptocurrency. 
uh, taxes like this, okay? And if I put this into double quotes like this, this is gonna search and it's only gonna return results in this case where those two words are actually side by side with each other. And so it'll actually search through and it will return just those results. Something I often kind of use this for are error messages from my computer. Um, if I get a specific like phrase, I, I wanna go search for that specific phrase. Those double quotes can be really helpful because it'll narrow it down to the specific uh, terms that you are looking for. Here's one more example. This is using a, uh, a wildcard character. So let's just say we wanna go look for the best something of uh, Big Bear Lake where I live, okay? And so this wildcard character is gonna show me anything that's best of whatever. So best hotels, best restaurants, best top things to do in that particular instance. That little asterisk here becomes a wildcard character, uh, very similar to how we would use wildcards in Boolean searches to find specific relevant results to us. So it can be really useful to be able to use these search operators and knowing how to write the question and you will help you get the most precise result back. And the narrow operators help narrow the results down to get exactly what you're looking for. Now, there are a couple of operators in particular that I like, and we'll go back and do a couple more examples here in a minute. One that I use quite regularly is site. Um, site will return only a particular result for a designated domain. Uh, so let's say you wanted to do search for tax guidance on, you know, um, 8949, 2106, Schedule A, and you only want to look for IRS-related stuff, well, you could type in your query and then do site colon irs.gov, and it'll only search the IRS's website. Okay, you could use the file type, as I showed you here a little bit ago, with a way of being able to find specific types of files, whether they be Excel files, PDFs, and more. And you also have other types of operators too, like the translate operator. This is really useful if you wanna translate something from something to the other. You could translate language, for example, English to Spanish. And you could also use this to translate units of measurement, as we'll talk about a little bit later on. Uh, you can translate, for example, kilograms to pounds or any other type of uh, um, operator that you would need. You can also look up the weather by just typing in the weather and the zip code, the state, the city. And you can also do time. I use this one quite often looking up time, for example, in other parts of the world if I'm trying to schedule a meeting. And uh, it can be quite helpful. You could type in time in NYC or time in London or time in GMT, and it will return the relevant result back for you. So we'll take a look at a couple more of these operators, but let's go ahead and have a review question now that we're a little bit further into this uh, and hopefully reinforce some of the things that we're learning today. So how would you use, how would you search for a specific set of terms in Google search? So if I had some specific things that I would wanna do, how would I search for those specific terms? Okay, would I use a minus sign in the query? No, I wouldn't. The reason I wouldn't use that minus sign is that it's going to exclude those terms, not include or narrow it down. Uh, would I use a single quotes? No, I wouldn't. Those single quotes are not going to get me the result that I am looking for. Um, and that, as far as I'm aware, I don't believe that's an actual valid operator inside of uh, uh, Google. It certainly might be, but it might, I think, maybe just treat those as uh, uh, any other type of character. I don't think there's anything specific that uh, that, that uh, character is going to do, okay? Would it be, for example, including the... <clears throat> The plus sign, okay, plus sign is going to be helpful. It's going to include that term, um, but still it's going to add that to whatever I've been looking for. The correct answer here is going to be to include and wrap that in double quotes, okay? And so by including it in double quotes, what we've done here is that we will tell it to specifically search for those terms and those terms alone. And anything else will not uh, uh, get included. It will... Uh, go ahead and it will um, limit the scope to whatever we have chosen it to be. Okay, so those double quotes could be a very powerful and effective tool uh, to kind of limiting uh, what your results you get back. So let me show you a couple more of those operators real quick. The specific one I want to actually show you is going to be the is going to be the um, the site operator because that's a really useful tool to use. Okay, so we're back over here on google.com and let's just say we wanna go search for uh, Schedule A and I wanna search for uh, specifically on irs.gov, 
Okay, so I type in the query of what I'd like. In this case, schedule A, site irs.gov. And when we return this, every result that we're gonna get back here is going to be from the IRS. That will be the only domain. And so if you're looking for specific things and you know what website they're gonna be on, you can go ahead and use that site operator to narrow down the scope of what you'd like it to be. Okay, now you could throw this on top here and do a .pdf at the end. And here is how I usually find like my tax forms is by doing like this, you know, and it gets very focused. And I, can, I don't have to worry about downloading the wrong file from the wrong place. And I also know since it's coming from the irs.gov, it's probably an okay file to choose to use. So a little bit that you can use uh, in conjunction, you could start building and connecting these different things together uh, in whatever combination you, see, you desire and whatever you see fit. Now you can also use this, for example, to go and look up uh, weather and time in other places. So like if you're not sure of the time, for example, maybe in, let's just say in uh, Berlin. Type that in, it'll show you the current time. So at the moment, at the time of this recording, it's at 9.29. Or if I wanted to go look up the weather in Maui, okay? Here's our weather and it'll just show us this way. Google is really trying to, for example, return relevant results without you really having to go anywhere else. One other thing I will pop up with respect to the, um, with respect to results, they've got these new things called cards. And you'll notice sometimes when you go to a, a Google result here, it'll have these little like additional results below it. These are the most commonly accessed pages per Google search records so that you can find probably the thing you're looking for. Most people are looking for IRS. It's probably to access their account, probably to pay online, probably to get their tax uh, record or something else. If I go and I search for Delta, it's probably going to be book a flight, find a flight, something like that. Uh, I'll also point out here, and we'll talk more about this as it relates to restaurants and other such on the right-hand side, they've also got these cards that will show you information relevant to if it's a company, a person, a product, or something else like that uh, that you might want to um, see you know it'll try to answer for example relevant questions so if we're searching for like joe biden here it'll show us information that um relevant to that person hopefully without having to do much searching for that data okay for the next section of our presentation let's go ahead and, and discuss some of google's specific search products and there are several of them google offers specific search for things like news financial information shopping info even flights hotels and more uh, you know, they're really trying to position themselves as kind of being the knowledge center of the world. And you could really kind of go to Google to find just about anything these days. Now, one of the products that uh, I particularly like about Google is the Google News product. And it is a news aggregation service. It's not like Google has its own, uh, you know, reporting bureau and they're writing their own articles. But rather, they take data and they take news articles from around the world and they aggregate them into a single source. And it provides a continuous, customizable flow of information. Uh, and it's not just, a, you know, let's just call it normal news sources. This is news from blogs. It's news from uh, agencies, magazines, and really kind of any type of publisher worldwide. And you could find pretty much any information about any topic uh, that's published is going to be inside of Google News. And it's a free service. You just have to go ahead and use it to find uh, the information that you're looking for. Uh, one of the reasons I like this is that it gives me a lot of diversity of opinion and diversity of news source. The um, articles that are presented here range from, you know, the Los Angeles Times to, you know, newspapers in Chicago or Florida or Europe or even in other um, markets around the world. And so, you know, you might read the same news article, but get different perspectives just depending on where you're reading the news, uh, what news source that's coming from. And I've just found that, you know, in today's environment, you know, reading three or four different places uh, can really kind of help give a more clear picture than just a single one. Uh, so let's go take a look and see what Google News looks like. So we're here on news.google.com. And uh, fortunately, it doesn't improve the uh, the. Um, uh, the news that's being reported, you know, uh, in terms of, uh, you know, better, better, uh, better news to, to be shared, uh, but rather, you know, it will at least pull together news from all over the world. And so today we could see some of the headlines uh, that are, you know, at the time of the recording really relevant here. And we can kind of see it's broken down by major news source as well as major news article. And then it'll also present stuff like for you, in my case here, for my demo account, you know, it seems to be a lot of technology news, you know, news 
article between uh, Firefox and Chrome, um, you know, news related here to the United States and more. Now, on the left-hand side, you'll see that there is a breakdown by category. So, you know, maybe we'll go take a look at sports. And we could see this broken down by, you know, in this case here in the United States, NFL, NBA, MLB, and more. Um, so we can go ahead and we can see some of the information related. Now, you'll see this button that's here that says full coverage. If we click this, it kind of zeroes in specifically to that one thing, that one specific uh, um topic and it'll show us a variety of things so if we're seeing here about texas uh we've got an article from the ncaa that's probably a blog article you can see it's really relevant eight minutes here's sports illustrated sooner sports you know then we'll even see information coming from social media sources as well including uh places like twitter uh, but they've tried to put everything kind of in one place which is uh nice in the sense that at least you don't have to go hunting and picking and having to know where to go look for all of these different news sources as well they also have an iOS and an Android app, so if you feel really inclined, you can go ahead and check out those sources sources as well. Now, Google also provides information related to financial, um, you know, for the financial information of companies. Uh, also kind of news in, its, in and of itself, and you can actually pull company-specific news here. Um, but in general, they also have one of the most powerful tools to be able to do financial analysis. Uh, Google Finance is a tool that allows you to keep track of financial information that's relevant to you. Uh, you can monitor specific assets. You can also look at whole markets. You can look at bonds. You can look at stocks. You can look at funds. Uh, they've got charts, graphs, news, and more. Uh, and you can even upload your portfolio to Google Finance. and It'll keep you up to date with what is going on. And so like, I use this to keep track of my favorite companies. I also use this to keep track of my investments uh, to kind of get a sense of uh, where I stand at any at any given point in time. And it's also a great way of uh, doing research on maybe potential investment strategies that you want to uh, pursue. Let's go take a look. So I'm here on google.com forward slash finance. And we could see here, this is just kind of the overview. Uh, and in today's um, in today, we'll, for example, see some financial news. So it's also bringing in news information as well. Uh, and we can see here there's some top news, both in uh, regular finance. We've also got crypto uh, in here listed as well. Uh, we can see over here on the right-hand side, I just actually noticed this is a new, uh, a new feature here, uh, earnings calculator, when they're going to uh, earnings calendar, uh, when they are going to be releasing, I'm assuming, their financial results. And we can see over here some of the, the companies themselves that are being uh, tracked in Google that are the most popular. Let's go ahead and take a look at like Microsoft as an example here. At the time of the recording, unfortunately, it's a it's a starting to look a little um, red, if you will. Uh, but we could drill into a specific uh, company. So in this particular case, we could see Microsoft, its current share price. We could see it's down today, unfortunately. And we could see that... Uh, we can get all of our standard um, stock information. So we can see the current day. If we zoom out to maybe like the current six months or even like the five years, we could see that even though it's down for uh, maybe today, Microsoft still for the most part has uh, been had a killer performance over the last couple of years. You know, I think at the time of the recording, uh, they probably have a market cap approaching $3 trillion. So I don't feel too bad for them. Uh, we could see over here some of the specific metrics. Oh, sorry, market cap of almost $2 trillion. Okay. And beyond that, we could see other, you know, stocks that it's uh, like. We could see information related to this particular company. We could drill in and learn a little bit more about the CEO. I have a ton of respect for this gentleman and, and the work that he's done at Microsoft over the last couple of years. Um, and, you know, this is just a great way of kind of just, you know, keeping track of what's going on in the financial markets and, uh, you know, where your favorite companies are. Um, a lot of this information um, is being aggregated, not just from, you know, Google, you know, determining this, but it's coming from like the NASDAQ, it's coming from news sources. Uh, and I've always found it to be pretty reliable um, and also very easy to use, you know, and if it's a company uh, that you want to keep track on, you can go ahead and follow it and it will be um, included in your watch list. So if you need to keep track of your financial information, consider using Google Finance. And we also have Google Shopping. Uh, Google Shopping is a tool that you can use to find that next killer gift for a loved one, or it is a tool that you can use to do research for that killer gift for yourself and, and uh, 
what you might want to buy. Um, this particular tool will aggregate information across multiple online shopping websites. You can compare prices between vendors. And what's really cool about it is it supports both online as well as traditional brick and mortar stores. Sometimes the best deal isn't online, but rather from a shop right down the street from you. Um, and so I've used this over the years, especially as I start to think of gift ideas, as I start wanting to compare, you know, the price of whatever to whatever, uh, this is that particular tool that I can use to kind of search across multiple different places without having to go to each individual store itself. Now, unfortunately, not every single retailer is supported, uh, notably, for example, Amazon, you usually won't find Amazon results inside of this. Uh, but you know, for your independent stores, your independent websites that are selling stuff, uh, that's really kind of what it's designed to, to be. Now, we can also use Google to search for images, too. Uh, this is great if you're putting together a presentation, if you're putting together a uh, um you know, a, a, a website uh, and you want to find pictures of something, you could use Google Im image search as well. And with Google image search, what this allows us to be able to do is you can type in exactly what you're looking for. Um, you know, pictures of the Grand Canyon, um, business people at work, and it could be refined to kind of only show the specific images that are going to be helpful and relevant for you. So you have lots of opportunities with respect to be able to search um, of all different types and calibers uh, beyond just kind of simple text searches inside of Google's. In fact, you could search for books. Google has a comprehensive index of all different types of books that are out there. Um, you can find and search the full text of these books. Uh, Google has a long-standing commitment to digitizing books around the world, uh, utilizing technology, including optical character recognition, to go and find and make these books available to anybody who would like to learn. Okay, they've got a couple of different styles. You can sometimes even read the whole book itself if it's something like, um, you know, I'm thinking of like Robinson Crusoe or or you know something something that's a you know like a Charles Dickens or something that's been around forever in the public domain. You can read the whole thing for free. You can also use this to go and find your perfect place to eat. Um, Google search and Google maps in conjunction here. It's one, or, one of the best places to be able to go and find your perfect dining option. And one of the things I like about this, when you search for a specific restaurant, you can search by location and cuisine. And one of the things I like about this is that it'll actually give you reviews of that particular restaurant. And it will also give you when that particular restaurant is going to be uh, busy or if it is going to be, uh, um, uh, you know, quiet. And I like this just because it gives me all the information I need to know on whether or not I want to go to eat at that particular date and time. All right, let's go ahead and have another review question. Which Google search operator would help you find a PDF on the IRS's website? Okay, so think about this. I want to narrow down my search specifically to PDF files and specifically on the IRS website. Okay, uh, now <clears throat> the correct answer here is going to be siteirs.gov where we're limiting the exposure down to that particular website. And we'd also want to say file type equals PDF. And this would help narrow down our result specifically to PDF documents on irs.gov. This one right here is not correct because this would be for social media tagging, so it would not go to the IRS website. And the minus file type would specifically exclude PDF documents. Now, this one down here, IRS space PDF splash documents, that's not bad. That'd probably get you around what you're looking for, but it's not going to be as precise as this term up here. Likewise, down here, site irs.gov file type.document. This file type.document is not a valid extension. So the most precise and the most correct answer here is going to be irs.gov. Now, a couple of other useful Google search products. One is called Google Trends. This is mostly just interesting to see what other people are searching for. It, analyze, it uh, analyzes the popularity of different search queries across the Google search realm to kind of show you what other people are searching for uh, across time. And it's interesting, Google search is actually really useful at, at predicting things like flu outbreaks and more uh, because it's collecting the search queries of you know millions of people around the world. And from those different people around the world, uh, it's able to aggregate when specific health issues might be popping up, as well as transportation issues and uh, you know other major world events as well. 
Now you can even set up what's called a Google Alert. A Google Alert is a really useful tool that is like a change detection. It will tell you when certain things occur and it will attempt to notify you when certain topics are published um, that are gonna be helpful for you to, to stay on top. Uh, for example, I use it to stay on top of my favorite companies, sports teams, my favorite bands and more. Uh, I use this particular uh, tool to track like when my favorite bands are going to be on uh, on um, tour. And then I know to go book tickets. And from here, you can just basically cre uh, create a query of whatever type of uh, uh, thing you're interested in. So tax laws changes. You specify how often you want to be notified. You can tell it what type of sources. So, for example, let me know only for qualified news places or blogs or more. Okay, we could tell it particular regions and we can also say how many results we want to get back as well. And then at whatever frequency you tell it, whether it be once a day, once a week, once a month. Well, no, I think it's either once a day as it occurs once a day or once a week. I have mindset to once a week. It'll send you a, di a, a digest of all the relevant uh, news articles. So it aggregates it into one place. And I love this because it pulls together everything that I need in one place to be able to go and search and find. And I don't have to go looking for it. It just pops up in my inbox. Let's go ahead and have another review question. All right. Which Google product would be ideal for getting automatically notified of news that matters to you? Okay. So would it be Google News? Well, Google News is where this information is going to come from, but it's not automatically going to send you notifications. Would it be Google Trends? Google Trends is going to tell you what people are searching for, but it is not going to for tell you, for example, tell you um, that uh, it's not going to, for example, tell you the um, the relevant news articles that are related to you. It's just going to tell you what other people are searching for. Is it Google Maps? Nope, that's a geo uh, mapping utility service. It's going to tell you how to get from point A to point B. Uh, but if you want to get your up-to-date news sent directly to you, well, guess what? You're going to use Google Alerts, a free tool. You just specify what articles, what services, what interests you, and you'll get it directly to your inbox. All right. Let's go ahead and discuss a little bit here some of Google's home products. And I will go ahead and, and share with you some of the really useful and interesting Google products that you can use around your home as well as in your office. Now, probably one of the most relevant things that Google uh, uses that a lot of people have are these what we call IVAs or intelligent voice assistants. Okay, with these IVAs, these are service; these are devices, typically a physical hardware device, as you can see here. It could be big or small. It also could be integrated into other products and services that uh, you can talk to, just like you would talk to a human. And it utilizes a service from Google called Assistant. And Assistant can answer questions for you. So you could ask it, you know, what time is the sunrise in Paris? What time is uh, uh, it in Berlin? Um, what's on my agenda for tomorrow? You could also ask it to do things for you too, especially around your smart home. Uh, you could use this service, for example, to turn off and on your lights, raise and lower the garage door, adjust the thermostat, and more. It's especially great if you're using other Google products like the Nest products. It perfectly integrates in. In fact, there are lots of really popular commands and things that you can do with it. Uh, you can use to manage your smart TV, turning it off or on. You could use it to listen to your favorite podcast, maybe the CPU Today podcast by K2, to get your relevant news alerts, to listen to uh, the news and more. Uh, these services are fantastic. And basically all you have to say is, okay, Google, you know, uh, turn on the air conditioning. Okay, Google. Um, you know, please schedule an appointment for lunch with dad tomorrow. And it'll just go ahead and do those actions directly for you. Another service you might want to consider using is Chromecast. Uh, Chromecast is a device that you can use that you can plug into your TV that will connect your TV to a variety of different streaming services, allowing you to see content from your computer, from Netflix, from HBO, from Hulu and more. Um, right on your TV screen. And what's awesome about this is it can take a traditional, uh, let's just say not smart TV and turn it into a smart TV for only about you know 40 to 50 bucks. Uh, these services are great. They plug into the HDMI of your, uh, of your TV. So it does have to be a relatively modern TV with that HDMI interface. Uh, but once it's plugged in, it just operates and it'll work and turning that TV into that smart TV. Uh, this is a relatively new addition. Uh, Google, I believe last year, bought Fitbit. Uh, so if you've 
got a smartwatch, you know, or if you've never thought about getting a smartwatch, I happen to have the Apple Watch here, so it's a competitor product. Uh, these are devices that can monitor your physical fitness. They can answer questions related to your health. They can monitor your heart. Uh, they can use it to answer and receive phone calls and more. And I bet we're going to start to see a lot of integration with Fitbit, even more than we currently see with Android. So if you're looking to keep an eye on your health and looking to stay physically fit, well, you should definitely consider getting a smartwatch because it's going to pester you all day to get up, stand, walk around, and get your steps in for the day. Now, if you're looking to better connect your home or your office, you might want to consider Google Nest Wi-Fi. Uh, this is a wireless mesh router provided by Google. Um, they come in a variety of different sizes, speeds, and forms. Uh, but Google Wi-Fi is a fast, easy, and efficient way of providing wireless access and a secure way of providing wireless access throughout your home. In fact, with these Nest devices, you can also utilize these to be able to um, spread your internet connection from the upstairs, the downstairs, the garage, and, and more. Uh, and it's a great way of providing a faster and better internet connection throughout uh, your home. In fact, the Google Nest is a whole line of products. Uh, Google purchased Nest a couple of years ago, which is a home innovative technology company that makes all different types of stuff, uh, thermostats, smoke detectors, security systems, doorbells, and more. Uh, Google bought them and they've fully incorporated Nest into their entire product line. In fact, the whole series of home products now uh, are actually Google Nest is what we refer to them. And the flagship of the Nest product is their thermostat. This came out oh, at this point at least 10 years ago, uh, but it is very popular with respect to um, with respect to uh, uh, probably one of the building blocks of most home uh, automation devices. Uh, this Nest 30 learning thermostat is fantastic for helping reduce energy consumption and better heat and cool your home. Uh, really, really useful tool. All right, let's go ahead and have our final review question for the hour. Which Google product would allow you to convert a regular TV into a smart TV? Would it be Google Nest Audio, like one of those smart audio boxes? No, um, those don't plug into your TV, so it's going to be something you specifically talk to. Would it be the Google Jamboard? No, that's a pretty cool office tool. It's kind of like a smart whiteboard, uh, but it doesn't have any smart TV characteristics that we would come to expect with like Hulu or Netflix or something else. Would it be Google Nest Wi-Fi? The answer here is no. The Google Nest Wi-Fi is a great way of getting internet access to your device, um, but it does not plug into your TV itself. The correct answer here is going to be Google Chromecast. All righty, folks, we're going to go ahead and uh, start our second section here in a moment where we're going to go ahead and talk about Google Workspace. This concludes today's presentation. As a reminder, if you're watching or listening to our show on YouTube, Facebook, or elsewhere, you can earn credits by going to cpetoday.com and passing a brief five-question quiz. If you're a new watcher or listener to our show and you'd like to earn a credit, you can do so for free by using coupon code ONEFREEPODCAST at checkout. You can make today's class or any other class of your choosing 100% free with this code. Please consider reaching out and connecting with us on social media. You can subscribe to our channel on YouTube. You can follow us on Twitter. You can like us on Facebook and more. Feel free to leave us a comment. Also, please consider subscribing to our show wherever you happen to receive your content, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and others. Thank you so much for being here. We look forward to seeing you back in the office the next time around.